How's it going? You're listening to the Green Machine Podcast, your home for Irish football news and nostalgia. And for this international window, you're home for the boys in green. I'm David, your host, joined by Martin Prendergast. And on tonight's programme, we're going to be talking about, well, this international window. Is it make or break for Kenny? If it's break, well, apparently the FAI already have uh, Lee Carsley over with the England Under-21s lined up. And speaking of the England Under-21s, which is just broken at time of recording, uh, well, Tom Cannon looks like he might be on his way over to the England Under-21s. Martin, um, it's never dull, is it, with the Irish football team? Here we are. We're supposed to be talking about playing Greece and Gibraltar. And instead, we're going to be starting off rightly, in my opinion, about Tom Cannon maybe making his way over to the under-21s. Yeah, this is a worrying time now again. It's, it, you know, we always have... feels a bit order. familiar, doesn't it? It does, yeah. You know, there's no smoke without fire. Um, That's what I'm kind of thinking about this, because yesterday kind of broke, didn't it, that, oh, there's, yes. there's a lot going on here with Tom Cannon, and he deleted Instagram posts. So that's our way now. We're, we're all amateur detectives. And uh, people were kind of looking well, through social media posts, seeing was he present on it? Was he still got the island ones on? Um, and that was what people noticed, first of all, that Instagram, the Irish photos just, had gone. Just before we get into it, so I just want to break down just for our listeners. Um, first of all, who is Tom Cannon? Because I've actually seen that now when we put this on the, the two pages, Green Machine and Lanson Road. People were going, who is this guy? Well, that, just to explain, Tom Cannon, 20-year-old. Born and bred in Liverpool, plays for Everton. He's a centre forward. He went on loan to uh, press North End the Championship last season and he scored eight goals for them in the Championship. He really made an impact there, so much so that he got called up by the, in, the Irish on the 21s and he scored in a 2-1 win over Iceland in March. So uh, last night, Saturday night, we were hearing rumours of a partic- from a particular newspaper, which I don't particularly like. And, uh, yeah, three letters. That's all I'm going to say. And they had said that apparently they broke the story. No real substance to it in, in terms of the reporting. And, you know, they just said, well, we've heard that Tom Cannon has been in contact with the FA or the FA been in contact with Tom Cannon about a possible switch. Put it on the Facebook page. Nick put a post on Twitter and it kind of blew up a little bit. You know, I asked for people's thoughts over on Lansing Road and, of course, people aren't particularly happy. But tonight, just before we've come on, it's been confirmed. And I'm just going to read here a little bit uh, what Stephen Kenny said about it. So apparently he was... Um, bear with me here. So he played in the under-21s in March. And then he was called up to the Irish senior squad for a training camp in Bristol. That was last month. Uh, he withdrew from that camp with tonsillitis. But uh, Stephen Kenny said that Cannon would be included in the under-21s for the friendly game in Austria this month, while remaining on standby for the senior squad. However, Cannon, uh, he wasn't named in that squad. And today, Sunday, uh, Stephen Kenny has confirmed that an approach has been made by the English FA. Uh, Kenny was informed when he took the call from Cannon's agent, Kenny Moyes. Yes, the brother of West Ham manager, David Moyes. So Cannon wasn't uh, named in the under-21 squad. Sorry, I've just read that bit out, haven't I? But uh, yeah, basically, Kenny said, right, let's just get this camp out of the way and we'll come and meet you and have a chat. 
And uh, yeah, he's basically admitted that the under-21s have made an approach. And um, it all sounds a bit familiar, doesn't it? It sounds like when Barcelona started tapping up a player, you know, did wheel out the legend, wouldn't they? He'd make a little comment, oh, that guy looked good in, in our colours. And then, then they get a player, they get the captain, and so on and so forth. So as you she rightly said, we're all little waggot of Christie's here. Um, this came out, no smoke, no fire, no matter what you think of the newspaper. And then, of course, he deleted his uh, Ireland post on his Instagram, in, in, Instagram, on his Instagram, not his Twitter, but obviously Instagram is where all the players tend to be. He's gone, isn't he? I would think he is, yeah, to be honest, yeah. now thinking about this. He's and gone. the other thing, I doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me this at all. And I think there's a, there has been a bit of a mess up with the communica- communication between the, from the FAI, basically. Um, the whole kind of, you know, the, the the furore really basically was a lot of Irish fans knowing that he'd done so well at Preston this year. They are comparing him with the season perhaps at Preston that Troy Parrott's had, a teammate of him. And he's been called up to the squad. Now we know what we get with Troy Parrott and so does Stephen Kenny. But Tom yeah. Cannon has done exceptionally well, qualifies for Ireland and did very well when he played for the under 21. So people were thinking this is opportunity now. He's going to call him up for these games in the senior squad. When he wasn't called up for the senior squad, and he obviously was cited that he had tonsillitis by the FAI. And they said, look, this is the situation. That's why. Mm. And then Stephen Kenny said, well, he's not fit now. And we're a bit concerned with that. So he's going to join up with the under-21s. And then all of a sudden, he's not in the under-21 squad. And the questions weren't really being asked. And, you know, a lot of speculation went on. And, you know, what's gone on? Like, you know, people, Irish fans, I remember last week when the squads were announced, the respective squads announced, we're saying, well, we're going to mess this up, but we're going to lose Tom Cannon because he's obviously either going to think Little we don't want him. But, and and I know that, you know, there's, you know, different Twitter accounts and stuff on Irish football have said, you know, they were, you know, we're all speculating, but the kind of official line was, no, it was tonsillitis. It wasn't, it, this is genuine. Well, we now know that. Well, obviously, it's they, not just that. Well, so, they don't, well, look, I mean, you don't, from a media point of view, you don't want to throw the player under the bus because that serves nobody. Now, I know mm. we've kind of done that a little bit here, but however, look, it's news. It's happened. Mm. So obviously it's come from somewhere. It's been leaked somewhere. And I don't know by whom to the, to the, that newspaper that begins with S and essentially now Stephen Kenny's been asked about it as you would, if you, if you're, if you're worth your salt as a reporter, you're going to say, look, uh, this has come out. It's any truth to this. And Kenny's probably gone, do you know what? Okay. Here it is. You've asked me about it. There's no point denying it because if he denies it, he's never going to look great anyway. He's going to look like a fool. So, or a liar, which is worse. So, basically, he's come out and said, yeah, look, this is what's happened. We all knew it. You know, the posts we put up and we'll, we'll get on to the whole argument about nationality. Is it fair to say, Martin, that if we have any player of dual nationality with England and they're worth and, and they're any way decent, we're not going to keep them? Well, that, that's the whole question, isn't it, of, of when do we do we force our force players hands now and cap them three times and hopefully that's going to be enough to keep them in there um mm. but i think but with it, this one it, it's but it's that's three players that's, but yeah. now that's three players who are we've with a lot of players born in our born in england dual nationality and we can go back to the aldridges and the townsends and all that but irish football was a completely different state back then the team was in a different state but now we're we're not doing particularly well we're 49 in the world it just seems to me that we've had three players, Grealish, Rice, and now Cannon. 
Although you never know, he might he might pull the nose up and he, he might say no, but that seems unlikely because he had to think about it because that's basically he's been left out to think about it. Then he's pretty much gone. As three players of substance that we now look like we've lost to England. Is it fair to say that we just can't really attract them anymore if you've dual nationality? I think that's just modern football though and, and it works both ways, doesn't it? Because other teams, like, I think we've lost a few as well to the Congo recently, I think, was it? One of the players went off to. Yeah. Um, now, you know, that that's just the diversity of Ireland. And oh, the English fine. one has always been there. Um, yeah. And, you know, anyone, again, it just is, it's just the responsiveness of Irish fans. Like we're calling for to cap players who have got any link to Ireland and say, well, well, we'll just cap them and, and kind of lock them down. Yeah, but that's he, he, not really the long-term view of uh, the Irish manager though, is it? And I think like, I, that's what we've heard now, isn't but, it? Martin O'Neill's did that in the past. Well, what here's where that logic, here's where that logic falls down. You've got Tom Cannon, right? Who is a Premier League footballer, plays for Everton. Albeit the way the season went, by the skin, by the skin of his teeth with Everton. But anyway, these lads are, they have advisors, they have, they're media trained. They've got advisors coming out of ours. They're advising in everything. Everything now is scrutinised in modern day football, i.e. Uh, Declan Rice now looks like he's going to go to Arsenal as a £100 million player. Jack Grealish went to Man City as a £100 million player. So obviously you've got the clubs in your ears, in your ear like that, going, listen, son, see those lads there. If they stay with Ireland, they wouldn't be going, for, you know, Jack Grealish just won the Champions League. He, he wouldn't be going to Man City if he was an Irish player. Just just seems to be the way it is. They wouldn't be going for the these amounts of money because they're English players. There's always a premium tacked on. So, you know, it just seems to me that everything is just... If you tr- if Kenny had tried to cap him early, he would have pulled out. I, I just think he would have had advisors telling him, if you do that, you're tied to them. You, can, you won't get paid as much. You won't go for higher for as high a fee. So I lose out on my slice as your agent or your advisor, and you won't be able to get a big enough signing on fee because it's all money. Yeah. So, so how do we now, going forward, when we have a player? I mean, it has got ridiculous. Like, how do we... Two-part question. A question and an observation. So how do we now trust a player who's anyway decent with a bit of talent who's born in England, right? But he's coming up, coming up through the Irish uh, grassroots. How do we trust them now? And let's be honest, uh, and here's the observation, because with Irish fans, to a degree of justification, as we've seen now, because it went ridiculous, really, the... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The... Uh, people, the frenzy around Evan yeah. Ferguson, because he has a British passport, because his mother was born in England, yeah. so he could make his transfer to Brighton a lot smoother. People were like, oh my God, he's going to play for England. Like, no, he's not. He's born and bred in Dublin. <laughs> you know, the, he, he's Irish through and through. That was never going to happen. But people believe that. That's where we're at. And then you have someone like Tom Cannon does this. So how are we going to trust dual national players anymore? I think that Evan Ferguson came through the Irish underage system, though. That's the difference, isn't it? Like, we've, we've well, coming through, like, Cannon. St. Kevin's and stuff. Well, Cannon. Only under-21s, though, isn't it? No, under-20s as well. All right, but I mean, he's, he's but he's born in Liverpool. We don't know his background with the kind of Irish links, mm. really. We don't really know, like, has he been brought up? Like, for example, Kevin Kilban, many years ago, come through, you know, back to Ireland for every holiday. Probably like myself, to be honest. That, that was kind of my upbringing in, in London. Um, and and the question then is, like, so Evan Ferguson was different because I think he's come through, you know, the underage but, Kevin's. But the I mean, Evan he could Ferguson go, yeah, was Evan ridiculous. Ferguson. It was ridiculous. It was never going to happen. Come on. 
Like, it was never going to happen. He was never going to go to England. It was just, it was just a loophole. He's been asked it though by, you know, Sky journalists. And yeah, like that. but that, because that was, was a, bit, a, it was, that was a, tongue in cheek. I mean, it was feasible. Though, for, it? It, could happen. Against... it could happen though. If he, he was, was an never. asshole and he wanted to be a multi-millionaire, which he will be anyway, he will. And be he anyway, wanted to yeah. just have it now and go look. And he didn't have that allegiance. He's our but, look. Whatever Ferguson would be there. He's Irish through and through, Evan Ferguson, right? But obviously, Tom Cannon, growing up in in Liverpool, you know, the thirty third county of Ireland, some would call it. But yet again, it just seems that if we have somebody of substance, I know it's a touchy one for you because obviously you were born in London, but you consider yourself Irish. But I think it's fair to say that not every English born uh, person with Irish and heritage would consider themselves Irish. Like my sister, for example, you know. My half sister, born here, wouldn't would consider herself British. So it's it's not always it's a delicate one, isn't it? It's a it's a very it's a very delicate one, and I think it is. It's what in, I know. It's very cliche. It's kind of what's in your heart and what what you've been brought up with your family yeah. and your life experience being brought up into that environment. Basically, how much you embrace being born in England, how much you embrace your Irishness, basically, and the reasons why perhaps family have mo- had to move from Ireland. So I think that's that's what's very relevant here. Um, I think it is a difficult one. And I think what a lot of even you think of some of our Irish players who played at the mm. highest stage for Ireland and their kids now have grown up, they've married, married English, British women and they've had children that they see and they're brought up and they're supporting England or English clubs. Their yeah. upbringing is totally different. Um, and yet, and we've seen that as well, that they're all obviously eligible for England and Ireland, but you know, you know, I think that's just the modern world we live in where this dual nationality thing's not going to go away and it's going to be more prevalent oh, no. in, in, in Ireland yeah. where we're going to have some of the African qualified lads playing now who can, you know, and, and even Albanian, Eastern European. We've got players like that now and we're starting to worry about some of them. If, you know, there's a massive call from a lot of fans or supporters on social media for anyone young coming through who qualifies for Ireland that we need to fast track them senior to to tie them down and i think the, uh, the fai though uh, to be for, to be fair stephen kenny mm. as well i think he's been quite honest with this is they've got to give a positive experience to these lads coming in but ultimately it's going to be what those players feel and for tom cannon to obviously be feeling now that this is even a question that's why i think he's gone because i don't think his i obviously don't know him but the experience for yeah. him to even have his head turned on it. Like Kilban was asked, Alan McLaughlin, the late great Alan McLaughlin, he was asked, he got two letters through the door, didn't he? One calling him up for England, one for Ireland. Mm. Delighted with the England call up, first of all. And he went, hang on, mum. He rang her and said, I've got an Ireland call up. And that was it. That was the moment he knew I wanted to, I, I'm Irish, basically. And he, he, he wanted yeah, to go with them. But, I mean, you know, to be fair to, to some of those players, I mean, the Irish team was in a completely different situation. And, back then and they are now. I mean, if you're looking at it now, you know, England have got to the latter stages of the last three major tournaments, a semi-final, um, a quarters in the last mm-hmm. World Cup and obviously a final where, you know, we haven't qualified since 2016 for anything. We seem to be in a bit, you know, we're getting better. We're in a, in a huge moment of transition uh, with the current manager trying to play a new style, uh, a more continental approach, which is obviously easier on the eye, but it doesn't seem to be getting the desired results yet. Um, it just seems that, well, if put it this way, right? People are now, I'm looking at some of the comments here and I put it up there and they're all going, 
he's English. If he wants to go, then so be it. You know, Judas, good riddance. <laughs> you know, so it hasn't gone very well. Then very well. It's gone pretty much as as you'd expect. Mm. But people are, you know, saying like about the FEI I failed here or whatever. But how like if you have a even if you have the FEI running at full capacity in terms of being perfect and pristine and, and wonderful and everything that's right about football. And England come calling to an English-born player. You can't really compete, can you? Like, I mean, can the FE, can the FEI really compete against that? How they comp- how they are competing now is they're doing a fantastic job with anyone who's got dual, treble nationality who qualifies for Ireland, bringing him in underage and giving him that experience mm. of what the Ireland environment is doing. And if we got not, we can't lose sight of the fact underage. We're very, very strong. And that's yeah. not, let's, let's not kid ourselves. That's not just because it's Irish-born players and purebreds, basically, because that's what a lot of people, for some reason, want to have. They, oh, it's only people who were born in Ireland and it's Irish parents and stuff. That's what they seem to want to have. It should be mm. them and it shouldn't be why are we bringing it. And that, that's why we've had problems, sadly, with racism creeping into, you know, some of these young lads playing. We've had that happen to, you know, racial abuse of some of our players who are dual nationalities and playing for Ireland. They've chosen Ireland underage and they're, yeah. they're good enough to play. And we've had that creep in sadly. And the FAI have rightly condemned that. But oh, right. yeah, yeah. I think, you know, this, we are doing fantastically well. This problem's always going to be there, but it's, it works both ways. It's worked with, you know, we, we've taken English players as well in the past. Callum Robinson played underage for England, mm. you know, and people, Karen I'm Clark, sure many yeah. people will be, you know, will have probably been loving Callum Robinson when he got a hat-trick against Qatar and saying, oh, it was brilliant, fantastic for us, and not actually know that he played for England underage. You know, people mm. just want to see it in the now and what's happened with the senior squad, and that's why what? this is a big story as well. The only thing I would say is, interesting what I've just read there, obviously this is all breaking news uh, in a sense, but Tom Cannon's not helped the situation here by deleting his Instagram posts because that brought attention to it. That got the rumour mill going that, and everyone's chatting about it. And that's why Stephen Kenny got asked a question. Is he being advised to do that, do you reckon? Or do you reckon that's a personal decision and maybe a silly mistake by a young man? It is that, but that's if he's running his Instagram account because half of them now are too big for, to even bother doing that. I mean, yeah. I know most of them do do their Twitter, uh, their, their Instagram account, so to be fair. But... Um, I think it's just disappointing, you know, all the stories of illness and the, he didn't go to that first camp and stuff. That mm. would have caused me kind of reason. Do you reckon he had on to lie this or do you reckon that was... that was? A I think he probably story. did and it's the end of the season. It's an easy one to say, how do you prove it or not? But, you know, he didn't go to that camp. If he really wanted to, you know, join up with the squad, integrate him. That's what Stephen Kenny said, didn't he, in the press conference? I think you mm. attended. He said that we wanted him to come in and integrate himself with that camp and get to know the lads. And when he... Pulled out from that, that would have been the alarm bells if I was Stephen Kenny thinking, hang on yeah. a second. And now, all well, this has happened. And of course, and... look, and of course, Stephen Kenny, though, you know, he's been asked about it, as I said earlier on. He's but, very honest, you know that. But, but he's also trying to leave a path open because now I think the path's closed for him to come back. He, you know, he, he, he doesn't want the lad to get a rough time because it could be just, look, let me step back a little bit. Let me have a think about it. Actually, do you know what? I'm going to stick with Ireland because I like the vibe, I like what we're trying to do and have a better place. And I, I really think we've got a young, exciting team, Evan Ferguson, et cetera, et cetera, which, by the way, we do have a really exciting young team coming up. And he he would be part of him and Evan Ferguson in front would be great with Femi and Troy Powered as well. It's real talent there. And he might do that. I doubt it. 
But, you know, that path was open to him by keeping the shtum. But now it seems that somebody has leaked that to the sun. Oh, I've mm. said it. Has leaked that to them and has closed that path because obviously that's led to social media. We, us talking about it, social media talking about it, the manager being asked about it, the manager being honest about it. That just seems to me now that that's that's it now. Is I, I think yeah, I think he's gone. Like he, I, I I learned the hard way with Declan Rice. I I heard an awful yeah. lot on Declan Rice in the background. Um, spoke to Marco Tool, who is a who is a from the FAI at that time. Well, he's yeah. still with the FAI, and he's in charge of finding people who are eligible for, you know, for, for Ireland in the yeah. UK and keeping some of these young lads coming through. And he was convinced that Declan Rice was going to choose Ireland, and and basically they wanted to give him time. And I think that's very respectful, and I think probably it works both ways. You know, lads who can play for Ireland and maybe England are looking at. I think they're probably, I don't know. It's, it's the same with Northern Ireland as well. It's it's it, it works all these ways now. It's it's a sad reflection really of, of the rules and it's the abuse of the rules and and of you know that you have know. to declare but but it's that. open to abuse yeah i know that and, and that's the thing and you know yeah. like what well, nothing stops tom cannon going and playing playing for england now under 21 playing a game with them and then going oh i actually didn't like it there and i'm going to come back to ireland that's not going to happen we're no. not going to be seen no, as no, that no, so yeah. i think that's why it's all done i, I can't i think see it's done it, done. yeah because i can't see how even as irish fans we would accept that now like it's going to always be over his his yeah. career now we'll always have that he didn't come he was called for ireland like i, I don't know they like that's why i didn't call yeah. him up basically but we know now he was called up for Ireland and he turned it down because his head was turned by England. He wanted time. I mean, yeah. If you need young. time to pick for us, see you. Yeah. Later. Okay. Uh, we'll move on from that one anyway. That one, I'm sure we, we'll, we haven't heard the last of that uh, particular subject. Let's get to the reason why we're doing this podcast in the first place, <laughs> this particular episode. And that is the window itself. We have Greece in Athens coming up on Friday. Uh, what date is that? The 16th, isn't it? 16th, 16th yes. And then, of course, we have the following game against Gibraltar at home, and that is on the 19th. 19th. That's a Monday. Thank you, Martin. You are useful for some things. Um, of course, I'm going to be over there in Athens. I'm going to be doing the live uh, spiel. Oh, if I see you over there, by the way, uh, you lovely listeners, um, do say hello. I will be looking to get your thoughts and everything, get some interviews, put them on the L. Uh, pre-match foreplay from the stadium. Um, fly, I'm actually flying in with the EasyJet, Martin. Did you know that? Nice. Yeah. It's like the, the rich man's uh, Ryanair. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever flown with uh, EasyJet before? Yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're nice. Yeah, nice like and the orange uniforms and all that. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. You watch the old uniforms, do you, eh? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Dirty bastard. Marching up and down there. I like the orange lads marching up and down the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, yeah, but they have the little bowler hats. Yeah. And the nah. little... Yeah, tear coffee. No, that's it. Um, we're going very political here. Um, yes, yeah, so I fly out and I will get there. And uh, I am going to the press conference. I'm going to ask us Poye a few questions. I'm going to. Ask... <laughs> we were talking off. Uh, um, we were talking off air. I said my question is going to be: Have you recovered from that kung fu kick from Roy Keane from the charity year? What were you going to ask? What do you want me to ask him? No, I'm not going there. Well, <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> um, when he was the. Brighton manager, wasn't he? And there was a bit of a bit of a problem with um plumbing. Plumbing in the, between him and Crystal Palace. And there was do you remember that story where the yeah, Crystal Palace wrecked the 
a toilet or something and they hate each other don't they so yeah, yeah the rivals and them they're not well uh, they're what, like 60 odd miles apart i don't know oh yeah it, no it's yeah. not geographical rival rivalry no. it's um alan mullery wasn't he played for for both and the um it, it all goes back to that crystal palace i do like brighton though to be fair great yeah. spot um but yes he is the manager of greece greece are currently 52nd in the world ireland 49th and i didn't know this they were actually in pot c of the nation's league they're now going to be in pot b because they won their group uh they drew with a multi team that we barely beat thanks to a miss pass really i suppose that <laughs> uh, callum robinson who you mentioned earlier latched on i was there i was a dreadful match um Really, as we said at the top of the podcast, do you think that this window is make or break for Kenny? I think it is in some respects because it's gonna this result is gonna be massive from Friday. This kickstarts the campaign for us. Mm-hmm. France was always gonna be a difficult one. Well, uh, well, France was a free swing, let's be honest. It was free here. Yeah, yeah. And but I think Stephen Kenny has said his aim is to qualify for this which you know we're two or three years into the project this is it now um i think he's got quite a settled squad now what he what he believes in he's been very fortunate in some respect he's been very unlucky as a manager in his tenure but i think he's been very fortunate now it hasn't changed tonight is it (laughs) no i know i mean that's the thing he's so (laughs) distracted i think i'd love him just to shut it down now and if he's asked again about it just absolutely shut it down because you know he does get criticism from you know i'm gonna ask him for media you know, I'm going to ask him on Thursday. I'm going to say, Martin, hiya, Martin Prendergast, you know him. He's asked me to ask you about Tom Cannon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going and to and he can say, I hope Martin, born in England, will switch from the Irish podcast to an English one if he gets to call up. It could happen. <laughs> but, but um, no, I, I think, um, like, he, he's been very fortunate, I think, even the, like, how... You know, Evan Ferguson's come through now. He's he's a real threat, um, mm-hmm. and I, look, real pressure on him in a sense that you know we're hang, hanging our hopes in him now. He's such an important player for us. Was okay against France. Going to learn an awful lot. I think we have to be patient with him. But I think we we are we're in a good place going into this. I think it was fantastic doing the the you know very difficult time of year to play, bringing them over to Atlant at Antalya okay. uh, in Turkey for the you know conditioning basically thing i mean something roy Keane would have approved on they seem to uh work hard uh, in oh training. yeah he, he, he loves pre-tournament camps he, he does yeah. yeah he does yeah. well this one seemed quite good they were sweating in this one not just going and having a chat with your mates in the media who, um, who, who were the fittest team at uh, world <laughs> cup 2002 with all those in, late in what, last minute context? winners last minute goals context? just saying which context? yeah um but i think um you know, this is it's a massive test, and I hope that's the preparation's been done, and I think it has been mm. done correctly. You know, it's going to be a very, very tight game over there. That they need to kind of get in, get a good result as well, Greece, to kind of get into contention. I think to the second spot because they're we're all fighting for second spot basically against France and obviously Holland, and we we know that Holland are obviously in Nations League uh, action this week as well. It'd be interesting to kind of follow how they get on in that, but. You know, this is a huge game in our group and we need to get a good result. And, you know, I'm not worried about Monday. Monday will take care of itself. This is the one. Oh, yeah. I mean, nothing short of uh, of at least three goals. I mean, Greece beat Gibraltar 3-0 in, uh, in, uh, in Gibraltar. 
Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't see yeah. me there. I, I I'm touching the underneath my right in Gibraltar. Faro. Faro in Gibraltar. It is I, I was mm. looking at that though, because I think goal difference could be key in this group and we have to put three away mm. at least three against them at home, without a doubt. That's 100%. that's where the lads can have the freedom of it. This is gonna have to be KG contain, keep the ball on Friday. Uh, we... and that's gonna be very, very difficult. They're they're not they're a good side, Greece. They are a very good side. It's gonna be a real this is the one. They're all right. No, Come on, we they, should be beating. Well, the nations, yeah, but yeah, but we we've done that before, C. though, haven't we? In part C, matter like we look We're at our B. shocking results. The, the, my concern about it is, and I think you know, no more excuses. And this is a, like you said at the start of it. Is Kenny under pressure with this? I we start off very slowly in these two game camps. Often, you know, we, we only get our best performance in the second game. <laughs> yeah, we can't do that Gibraltar. Now. Yeah, well, now we well exactly. So we'll uh, beat them anyway. Um, but yeah, it, it's the so first game. Also. First game, though, that's what I'm saying. The first game has to be the one where we get the result now. And well, doesn't yes. matter how it's done. Got to be, you know. I, I, I think, think that... if we don't beat Greece, right, in Greece, I reckon he's in trouble. I reckon he's in serious trouble. Because, look, nobody... And I don't want Stephen Kenny to be sacked, by the way. I really like the man. He's a footballing man. He's a gentleman. He's a great guy. Met him. Absolute gent. And I want him to succeed, but we're here to call it as we see it. As long as we avoided an absolute annihilation against France, and we performed admirably, so it was okay. People felt we turned the corner, but th this is the game now, Martin. They're there, we're there, thereabouts. We've gone to Antalya. I think that's what it's called. Do you know we kept saying Antalya so much to people? You know, oh yeah, you know, I was I was on the press Zoom press conference, which mm. I was spoke to cousin Will, uh, very nice guy actually, and family, I said it. Isn't he? He is family, yeah, exactly. Yeah, where did you come from? Um, and I said it so many times that I, I started getting emails about breaks to Antalya in my emails. <laughs> anyway, um, I digress. But, you know, they prepared properly. We've got players. We have a good team now. We have a settled squad. We need to be going there and getting getting a result, a, a, a win, not not a draw, a win. I think if he doesn't do that, I do think we're in trouble here or he's in trouble because no one expects us to qualify from this group, but they expect us to be competitive. And I think if we're competitive and we do what we should do and let's get results home and away to Greece, home and away to Gibraltar and make a fist of it, as we did at home to France, very unlucky uh, if it wasn't for the mistake by Josh, your mate. Um, you know, Holland are a bit of a mess at the moment, even though they are in the Nations League action. Apparently, they were quite bad against France. I, I, as long as we do that, we're okay. But if we don't, we can't do that and be competitive in this group. If we lose to Greece, and I, and I just yeah. or or scrape to like a one-one, and you are right, we have started off quite badly in, in these two-game programs, or four-game programs, even last year. But I, I just don't think uh, you know. And the reports coming out about Lee Carsley as well. Mm. There's no smoke without fires with Tom Cannon, is there? Yeah, I, I think uh, the, the thing with the Greece, it, like, we can't lose there. Basically, I yeah. think that will buy him more time if we don't, if we. But you know, a, if we a, win, a, I think, a... I think if we win, I think the talk about us turning a corner proves to be true. If we mm. win there, we go there and win, do professional job, one nil, two nil, lovely, nice and professional, three points, and then do what we're what we should do against Gibraltar. I would say, do you know what? We're looking like a proper team now, and we're doing because we should be beating Greece, in my opinion. But we've we've heard about turning the corner. 
we was we turned the corner at the end of the, the World Cup campaign. We gave Luxembourg, Azerbaijan, and Qatar a hiding, and we were very unlucky not to beat Portugal. Now we're out of the running by then. Mm. But we were very unlucky not to beat Portugal. We, I thought we were robbed with the bar decision, <clears throat> the Will King goal. And then we started badly against Armenia in Armenia. He didn't change it quick enough. The home game against Ukraine, terrible. Then he changed it. Scotland, phenomenal, fantastic. And it looked like we were, we, we were finishing that group strongly, and then it sort of plummeted again. So I just think we're we're like in turbulence at the moment. Yeah, you know, yeah. it doesn't need to be a, a straight trajectory. Like it looks like we're doing all right now, so it goes down, and then we come back up yeah. again. We just need to get the three points. That's it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think we can do it. Definitely can do it. Going over oh, yeah. there with, with hope that we can do it. I think we've got better players than them, um, which I know we're going to do the full preview a few days before the game this week. Yes. But I think, um, which we'll focus on some of the Greek players and what we're coming up against. And obviously we'll know a bit more about players we have available from the squad. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, I, I think overall it's a key game. We have to get a result. Um, I don't want to see, you know, glorious failure again. Like, you know, which no. Scotland was. Scotland was that, though. You know, like, we had chances in that game. Yeah, we had chances to win it, though, yeah. and that's the thing. And, it, and that's what we're going to have to have now, composed players, putting their chances away. I know Benet's out. He'll be a loss because I, I think, all right, we can't put everything on him, but he does get that bit of energy to it. But, you know, we've got able replacements. Um, mm. You know, we'll cover that, I'm sure, in the previous week. But I, I just... I, you know, I'm not worried about Gibraltar. The Greek one away is the one. And, you know, I, I think Stephen Kenny is under a little bit of pressure, though, because if, if it's a really poor performance and we lose 1-0 and we don't offer anything, then yeah, that's it, basically. Well, that That is, that. you know, you, you can't be expected to go to Paris and get a result, which, you know, we're optimistic to try and get a draw there. Going to Amsterdam as well. We've got, this is the first of the three real tough aways. What what um, what what do you make? We mentioned at the top of the podcast. What do you make of the Lee Carsley report in the Daily Mail that they're it, eyeing them up? Yeah, it, it, you know, very well respected. You mm. know, like you said, no smoke without fire. And I think it is this kind of you know I, I we've often spoke about in the past. Is Stephen Kenny really the man to? bring this young squad forward now. We've got a very young squad. He fast-tracked a lot of them. I know he said that himself. Is he going to be more suited perhaps to being, you know, a director of football kind of role in it? But I don't know, would that be something he'd be interested in? Proud, Has yeah. he really had a fair crack at it here? This ah, is his yes. campaign to have a go. Um, but, you know, I think if we if we lost, I think he, I think he'll, he would have to go or he might step down himself. Uh, even you know, I think it would it will it might just be that he acknowledges this job too big for me. Let's get someone in young to work with them all. I think he'd still mm. have a role to play in Irish football. Oh, you know, I think he's done a fantastic job with um the underage setup as well I, and getting I, all the managers in and doing all that. But is I, wouldn't Caris, I wouldn't want a Brian Kerr. I wouldn't want a Brian Kerr situation where we lose this guy uh the football uh, at the time. Obviously, yeah. Brian Kerr is you know football's moved on now, <clears throat> but back that you know you'd want. Steve, uh, look, I want Stephen Kenny to succeed. I, 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 I gave him time. I've always said that this is the campaign to be judged on, and that is right. But if it doesn't work out, I like to see. I want to see him still involved with Irish football. I, I do like the idea, though, of they know they're they're looking at a coach. You're not going. We're not going to throw money at a at a checkbook manager, at a rock and roll manager, and rock and roll wages that you know buggers off. It's got to be somebody who's who is in a coaching capacity because that's just modern football. You don't want somebody putting like 10 men behind the ball and trying to get a result. 
and then we go to a tournament doing absolutely nothing. And yes, I am talking about Trap with Tony. You don't want anything like that. Mm. You want somebody who's going to build something, play good football, and entice people to watch the game. Yeah, but without uh, a doubt, develop yeah. our players. We've got a very, very young team. We've got a fantastic young goalkeeper. I know he struggled this year at Southampton, but he's not been to fault for how shite they've been. Um, but Bazzini is definitely there. Kelleher, we've got a very, we've, we've got a, a, a real good structure of youth and even the underage mm. then, the under-21s are exciting. Um, okay, Tom Cannon probably losing him. <laughs> but, you know, um, we've, you know, like he's, let's be honest, he's not going to be any loss in the sense that he's had one game as well. So, I know uh, he was under, he, he should have been called up earlier for the under-21s is one argument. I know yeah, Nick mentioned like, I mean, that earlier. But but I think just generally under 17s doing well under 19s fantastic players coming through. We yeah. have we need a coach we need a manager in time who's gonna I think Stephen Kenny does know them all. But again it, it's it's maybe mm. that, that generational thing of younger coach coming in. He's done very very well. He's got the credentials. It's not like a job for the boys anymore for the FAR. No, it can't be. It can't be that. It can't be oh Robbie Keaton, oh, you did really well. <laughs> we'll let you have a go now. Can't be that. It's got to be someone with the credentials. He's gone away. And done very well with their yeah. respective um, technical. It's yeah. all about yeah, technical. Yeah, that, it's, that's it's modern football's coaching. It's that's technical. It yeah, yeah. international it, 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 football is definitely coaching, and you have to have all the players, all the teams playing the exact same style of football. And when you get to the senior level, it has to be right the way through, married up and down. Um, but we'll see how that one goes. But as I said, look, I'm not calling for Kenny's head or anything like that. I know you're not. Either. He's a great football man. He is a football man. This is his dream job. And, you know, he, he gets up, he taxi day every day. And, you know, he's not, look, you know, he's not going to talk to a a lower Premier League team and, you know, go, you know, he, this is, I'll get offered one, but no, but this is his dream job. This is what he wants to do. Yeah. It's not just Irish football, like the Irish football teams, Irish football in general. He wants it to improve the landscape. And people, when he got the job, first of all, People just didn't want him before a bloody ball was kicked. Yeah, people wanted him out of the job, and I think that was ridiculous. Now he may not be the man in the long run, but he has brought in a lot of young lads. When you look at the previous managers, they weren't making a debut till twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Just weren't even thought yeah. about. And he's bringing it's lads generation. in. Yeah. yeah, total generation. And he, there is still this thing, though. I think you know he. he I've kind of I even forgot that there was a lot of people against him at the start. You know, yeah. he's had COVID and everything. I know I was bored of hearing that myself. Well, we had COVID, we had close contact, all that shite at yeah, that time. But, no but there still now. is this movement against him and everything connected with the new FAI analyzes it in the context of Stephen Kenny. So I think it's worth as well just chatting. And it's something I wanted to cover. But, you know, Philip Quinn um, in his Irish Mail on a Sunday column, you know, talking about the new strategy from the FAI that was released this week. Worth mm. having a read. Very optimistic. All about money, basically. They need money to make this new FAI work. But, you know, he, he made the point of in this whole brochure um, that Stephen Kenny didn't feature in any of it. There's no yeah. photos of him, no quotes from him. Vera Powell features quite prominently. So there are a lot of the women's teams, uh, obviously the new logos and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it, a big article on it saying, you know, and what? why is that then? Why is Stephen Kenny not seen as the face of this? Because, But it is... This whole strategy is coming into place in 2024, and that ties in with Stephen Kenny's contract, basically, like the end of this campaign. So, is that why it's not included? I mean, I don't really want to read too much into it, but obviously, discussing it, I am. But I think it's, I, I think it's right at the FAI to kind of focus on 
like PR basically. They're put gonna put in this brochure more stuff about underage players, the success they've had there. The women's mm. game is gonna go massive. World Cup, you have to focus on that in a sense. And I think really the men's game is is there, isn't it? The main interest in Irish football is with the men's game. But I think what they're trying to do as the FAI is being more progressive and dynamic and diverse. And so they're opening it up and they're saying, well, actually, we're uh, they keep emphasizing within this report uh, or this this brochure that you know putting money into multi-sport venues so it's not like they're like the GAA and they're saying like a GAA like for example Ballahell Shamrocks we'll build yeah with our money the GAA's money we'll build this lovely massive hall which I know they're doing actually Ballahell Shamrocks <laughs> we've got some listeners who who's involved in there my sister and that but um they they're building they're doing a the development funded by the club but also the GAA but it's not I don't believe kind of promoted as a multi-sport venue Whereas I think that's what they're being clever here, the FAI. They're they're putting things well, out there as there'll be a hall and it could be multi sports. Well, well, they don't because yeah, they're being very everyone. They're very smart with that, aren't they? Because then you, you get all the JA heads and rugby heads going, "Oh, you compete." It's like, no, 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 because that's that's what happened with the betting thing that came out, wasn't it? They were all saying, "Why are you attacking us for?" It's like, no, we're not attacking you. Yeah, we're just showing you. I think they've gone about it very cleverly. Um, <clears throat> that that report because they've turned around and gone, look. They're taking the emotion out of it. Roy, Roy, uh, Roy Barrett said, that, look, we want to take the emotion out of this and say, look, here's where we're at. And you can blame us for years of mismanagement, the company, uh, the the association. You can blame us for our part. You know, the, also the clubs maybe have a little bit as well responsibility and the government haven't invested enough in the game. But here's here's where we are. This, this is what we need. And they're not trying to pit themselves against other sports. Football is the the highest participation sport in the country. That is a fact. Mm. And it's probably one of the most under uh, appreciated by the, those that run it and the powers that be. And they've gone, this is what we need. And I like it. And, you know, whether to get the money or not, I don't know. But I do like the way they've gone about it. And look, of course, drawing about the whole Stephen Kenny thing, you could look at it that way. But, you know, Philip Quinn, he I actually like, by the way. I think he's mm. a nice man. Uh, I've spoken to, but he has had it in a little bit for Stephen Kenny uh, from, from the get-go. And yes, you could see it that way, but you could also see, well, you know, Vera Pau for diversity. They 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 put the, the women's manager in there just for a bit mm. of diversity because it's modern Ireland, it's 2023. But look, that's it. You'll be, you're looking for the government. The government are going to be all over this World Cup, aren't they? Yeah. To be honest. So you're looking for government money. You're going to start promoting. Who's your most successful team at the moment? The, who's the going women's. to the World Cup? The yeah. women are. So we'll talk about that. And, and it's very, very and it's popular. Fashionable. Yeah, fashionable. It's very popular now to have women, yeah. girls involved in football. It's going to get bigger and bigger. Um, I know that won't mm. go down with all of our listeners. We've got one who hates women. Not anymore, because he's banned. Are <laughs> <laughs> we banned him? But um, yeah. you know, like, and and that's why the report should focus on that. And I think I'm quite content yeah. in the way what the structure and uh, the success of the underage teams uh, with the men's game. Um, and you know that's that's just a fact of it. The challenges we're going to face, obviously, yeah. even we, we spoke about earlier, recruiting players, keeping players. We're in a diverse island now. We're going to attract and have available yeah. to us other players, and we're going to lose some of them, and we're also going to nick some from other associations if we embrace and have them as a fan base, basically embracing these young lads and young women playing for our teams who actually also qualify. But if we we make them feel Irish, and they're welcome into it, and they have success. They're going to buy into it and love it. 
Well, that's all we have time for on our first episode of the International Window. And uh, what a start has been for poor Stephen Kenny. He just can't buy any luck whatsoever. And actually, before we go, Martin, you were chatting away to another Irish legend. 35 years on from Euro 88. Yeah, I spent some time, fortunately, with uh, Tony Gavin recently, recorded the podcast, so do give that a listen. But yeah, he also came as a guest to Risk London's uh, June meeting. Fantastic. Done a book signing of his book, Galvanised. Uh, we'll put a couple of them up as probably competition prizes. I think that we've got some signed copies of that. But uh, he was absolutely fantastic company. Some great insight and stories he did. And um, yeah, like really still involved in football. Very, very humble guy. Reflecting on 35 years ago, it seems a lifetime ago now. But I, I will say it was the the start of the fantastic times we've had now following yeah. the boys in green. And, you know, we've covered that episode as well, haven't we, recently? We have indeed. Uh, that interview with Tony Galvin is available on our YouTube channel. So hit that as subscribe. And if you want to get the audio version, it's over on greenmachinepodcast.com. Well, basically everything's over on greenmachinepodcast.com. And yes, we also spoke about the Euro 88 squad, which Tony Galvin was in, of course. And the next episode on This Week Back in the Day, which is released this Wednesday at 8 o'clock, is Martin and I talking about when Ireland beat England at Euro 88. We actually look at it from the ITV side of things with most of our clips. It's very clip-heavy, this, actually. we got Brian Clough in there, Brian Moore, Ian St. John, uh, Nick Owen. Oh, and I keep I have this mental block. I keep calling him Nick Knowles. I don't know why, but we have we have Nick going on there, and just sort of the apathy that they kind of show towards the Irish team. But it's all very entertaining stuff. But that's all that's coming this Wednesday at eight o'clock, and that'll be available on YouTube and of course wherever you get your podcast from. Um, we and just actually, just actually before we go, we I will be in Greece. Say hello if you see me. I'll be around the stadium. It's probably. Won't know where I am because I'll probably have sunstroke. Uh, that's going to be tough for me. God, I get sunstroke from a holiday brochure, Martin. I would. <laughs> and remind me over there. I'm ginger. I can't help it. But uh, just do say hello. We're going to be we're going to be coming at you uh, with loads of content. Going to be lo- we're going to have a, a preview before the game. Uh, I will be in Athens, so I'm going to apologise now for the uh, audio quality. Uh, I've got to be at the press conferences, and then the day before the match. I will be going around town. Or sorry, the day of the match, I'll be going around town and trying to get a few words with a few of the Irish fans that will travel, like myself. Uh, we're going to have the pre-game show and the post-game show as well. And then we're going to have the same again over in Dublin for the Gibraltar match, pre-match, post-match. Where else do you need to go, Martin? Eh? No, exactly. Well, here. Do give us a listen. I mean, yeah. look, we're all Irish fans. Looking forward to the campaign like all of you out there. And you know, give us your opinions. Give us your feedback on the show. And thank you so much as well for your support. Uh, it is really appreciated. And when you do shout out to Dave, make sure he's hydrated over there. You know, just look <laughs> after him for us. Water, plenty of water and sun cream. Sun cream will be appreciated. Factor 50, absolute minimum. Anyway, uh, thanks very much, Martin. Uh, thank you for listening. As I said, you can listen to this and all of our episodes at greenmachinepodcast.com. If you want to support the page, head over to the shop, greenmachinepodcast.com forward slash shop you can buy a shirt you can buy a badge uh, thank you very much we'll see you in greece <laughs>